Welcome to the Teaching and Learning Research Communities Inside Scoop series. In these podcasts, we bring together researchers, practitioners, and media experts to discuss successful strategies for translating research findings and classroom practices into accessible, actionable media. Our mission is to eliminate the gap between research and practice in the field of education. Hi everyone, my name is Kripa Sundar and today we have with us Ashley Jeffrey and Elizabeth LeBlanc. I am super excited to have you both here and really look forward to hearing on this very new and innovative media format. Um, Ashley, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Ashley Jeffrey. I use she, her pronouns. I am a policy analyst at the Center for American Progress. Um, I work on our K-12 education team. And so my work focuses on college and career readiness, um, pathways, um, student voice, race equity, and any other intersections in between those. So very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Elizabeth, please introduce yourself. Sure. Um, so where I connect with this work specifically is in my role as a school leader at Taos Academy Charter School, which is a small blended learning school in northern New Mexico. Um, this is how I connected with Ashley and the Center for American Progress in their research work. So I was primarily as an educator um, and trying to work with my own student population to make sure they have the highest degree of access to um, career and college and wherever they want to go in life. Um, I also am the co-founder and CEO of the Institute for Teaching and Leading, and also where I connect with Kripa and your work is in education research myself, primarily around digital equity and equitable technology use um, across student populations. So I wear multiple hats, but I'll mainly be speaking today from my school leader hat. That's wonderful. It's always an inspiration to hear folks introduce themselves and so many amazing people doing amazing work. Um, thank you for being here. We are here today as guests of the teaching and learning research community to discuss how we can build translational communication across multiple forms of media to help eliminate that gap between education research and practice. In other words, how can we as researchers turn their findings into accessible and actionable information that educators actually want to find and use in the classroom. This episode of the TLRC Insight Scoop series will focus on how to translate your research and practice findings into innovative formats like Insta Reels. Um, before we dig into the questions we have for you, Ashley, could you just introduce this idea of Insta Reels to us? It sounds super innovative and new. Yeah, so um, Instagram has a um, an option where you can like create these short videos. I think they're like 30 seconds max. So like um, if folks are familiar with TikToks, I think TikToks can go up to be a little bit longer, um, but basically they're the equivalent for uh, under Instagram. And so um, our vision was to have something that was accessible to students, parents, teachers, family members, anybody, right? Like if you care about education, we want you to be able to access this work. And sometimes our uh, policy reports uh, can be a little more dense, more policy heavy. And so it's all, it's accessible, but uh, only so much, right? And what we don't want is for anyone to not be able to learn more about whatever issue they care about because there was some type of barrier. So we thought that Reels could be another avenue to uh, allow folks to, to learn more about what's going on in our findings. 
That's that's super nice. And you actually answered one of our next questions, which is like, why why choose this format? Um, I am curious though. Why Insta Reels and not like TikTok or like Facebook Stories or now apparently LinkedIn has stories too. Um, yeah. Why Insta? So that's a great point. So a couple of things. One, um, the original idea was TikToks, um, but then that was going to take too long to set up. So that was just more of like an internal thing. Um, but then also with Reels, they could um, Reels can show up on Folks Explore page, which is basically like on your Instagram, um, your, the algorithm that caters different videos to you or a different type of content for you. Um, Reels can show up there, which meant that we had... Um, essentially an increased likelihood to be exposed to different folks once the video started getting shared more. So it wouldn't just be within like individual networks, but that it could expand. And if other people happen to come across the video, you know, it might share with their friends and their friends. And so that the potential seemed to be large. I, I'm not sure exactly how that compares to TikTok on a one-to-one -one ratio, but um, that was our vision. That's fascinating. Um, right. And can I just add that when I was able to share out the links to those with educators in New Mexico, some of whom had been part of the research project, Ashley, and then some who had not, but, you know, within our group, um, people were just like, this is so great. And it made them, they then went to find like the big policy report and were started to dig into that. So it was kind of like a gateway, right? Like, oh, this seems exciting. I've got the main points and now I want to dig deeper. So it did allow for that entry point, even for folks who weren't familiar with the project to start with. So I think in that way, it was very successful. Thanks. I'll also, I'll also say too, I think that like, um, I mean, I think ageism is definitely like a thing in multiple formats, but particularly in media, I think that like when people think about TikTok, they're like, well, that's for the young kids, right? Or like Facebook is for like the older folks, even though like Facebook owns Instagram. And I think Instagram is that middle ground of like 20 somethings or maybe even teenagers all the way up to like, I don't know, people's great aunts might have an Instagram, you know what I mean? So like, I think we we're trying to hit that middle ground because I think LinkedIn is like very professional. So some folks don't have it. So um, yeah, that was also part of the thinking of like, how could we reach the most people very quickly? And I really appreciate that there are specific links that we can share out. I feel like when it's, you know, a Facebook story or a LinkedIn story or even a fleet, it's like it's there and it's gone, which I, mm -hmm. I understand is the whole idea. But it's really nice to have these sm small snippets that we could plug into different formats when we we're sharing that out. Um, what advice would you have for an education researcher or practitioner who want to share their findings into Insta Reels? How do we go about that? Yeah, this is a great question. So I think that like the model of how our team like uh, at CAP, like the K-12 team tries to create all of our products is first and foremost, is this digestible, right? Like can someone who is reading at an eighth grade level pick this up, read it and get a better sense of like what we're talking about? And ideally, the answer is yes. Sometimes it's not, but ideally it's right. Um, and then on top of that, am I chunking this out essentially to make it as like digestible as possible, right? So sometimes these 20 page long reports, like they're a lot to take in, right? And like ideally, even if we're trying to get that to policymakers, sometimes the policymakers don't even pick that up to read, right? They're like, where's the one page? Like, we need something quickly, right? Um, so the vision is to um, try to have something that like can be like separated out that quickly. So that way when I'm giving an elevator pitch, I'm like, oh, here are the three main ideas, barriers to the future of work, solutions to the future of work. Here are the two things that were barriers. Here are the three things that were solutions. Very quickly be able to say like, this is what I researched, this is what I talked about. If you wanna get into the, the details, you can pick up the policy report. But if I, as the person who did the research, can't quickly tell that to you in 30 seconds to maybe a minute, 
I feel like I might have missed my own goal, right? Which is to make sure that I'm boiling down my research to make sure that people can like take it in. It's similar to like if you had maybe some of like our favorite teachers, right? Like they can make something really complex like calculus or potentially complex calculus and boil it down into sections where I can understand it. I'm building on the knowledge. And then by the end, I understand how to do like differential equations or something, right? Like these are the types of things, uh, the types of approaches that we want to have. And so ideally the real was just like uh, an example of how to do that. That's fascinating. Um, as a listener, Elizabeth, what stood out to you? What advice would you have for folks uh, approaching this? Right. Well, having seen the work of the team, the chunking piece is what really stood out because that was super clear, even in the policy report when I was going through, it was like I was able to kind of see how they were building, 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 um, you know, even across the bigger format. Um, so the chunking piece, I think, is really huge of being able to get like one piece, wrap your head around it, have it be super accessible and then building on to the next one. Um, and I think, Ashley, having worked in education policy some as well um, at the state level here, totally right. If you want people to pick it up and act on it, it you have to have the links and the takeaways. And you as the researcher kind of have to have internalized those, or you as the advocate have to have really internalized those to be able to speak knowledgeably and quickly. <laughs> um, because we also know that policymakers, um, the attention span is, you know, like you have to really be able to say, here's the problem, here's our solution, here's our ask. Right. This is what we want to see happen. Um, and so I just think this was a really great format for that. I really like how you pulled it together with what's our problem? What's the solution? And here's the ask. Here's what we have to do. What's the call to action? And this idea of segmenting, I think, resonates a lot to me as someone who's done research with multimedia learning. It's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's reduce the cognitive load. Um, of just listening and building on these concepts. What other, uh, what other considerations should we keep in mind when we're trying to leverage this media format to communicate and research or even practice findings? It's a good question. You know, one of the things, Kripa, that you just said, um, and, and it seems really, um, I know it seems like I should have made this connection before, but the idea that we use the best practices of teaching and learning um, as we're creating media that we're expecting adults to consume as well as being accessible to students is kind of, I'm having a little bit of an aha moment that I feel like I should have had. I don't know, a few years ago, <laughs> like, oh, right, you know, things that I do in the classroom as an educator, I should probably be thinking about when I'm trying to communicate new learning to adults as well. So thank you just for pointing that out. And sorry, Ashley, I don't know if you were having a, I was having a bit of a brainstorm. I got really excited there. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, I was also having a bit of a moment because I was thinking like, I think that we, we, the community of uh, ed research folks, um, should do more of asking the community directly, right? So the whole reason that um, Elizabeth and I like connected was because we were doing what we call uh, community conversations and making sure that we were talking to folks on the ground. And like the piece was really just us handing over the microphone and say like, you all know your community best. Please tell us what you need. We'll like amplify it in this space and then tell us what you need from there, right? Um, and so I think making sure that we're talking to folks and asking them what 
they would want to hear. I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, we, we've been doing this research. I spent months doing this. I'm going to put out a paper. I'm going to create a panel event. And it's like, okay, and, and I'm proud of you for doing all of that. But like, if it's not what the consumers want or need, then we've spent a lot of time going down the wrong rabbit hole. And so I think that for me, it would be making sure to reach out to folks and say like, hey, we're thinking about these different things. Is there something we're missing? Is there something else you would prefer, right? Like, is there a medium that you think would be more effective? And then from there, creating our strategy around it and being able to pivot, right? Like we might've been putting in work and thinking that something works and it doesn't and you have to be able to switch, like just like in the classroom, right? Like you have to make it work, so. You know, this is a very interesting conversation and like Liz, I wear lots of different hats. Sometimes I don't quite know which hat I'm wearing at that time. But right now, just uh, thinking about my own research and program evaluation, the kind of work I'd, I've done previously as well, to me, it sounds like these Insta Reels could be a really smart way to get that community voice and spark that conversation and give updates on our research, on our findings as they come up to gather that community feedback and kind of pull it together to actually see is this, how's the community reacting to this feedback? It's almost like a peer debrief on a super large scale, um, which is which is a really interesting idea, I think, to just, I mean, how cool would that be? Hey, here's what we understand from you folks, did we get this right? And then having it on a platform where you can actually have that back and forth and that kind of engagement, it's pretty powerful. Um, thank you so much uh, for these ideas. And I'm really like now, now I realize my fluency is kind of coming down because my mind's like racing. It's like, oh, what else can we use this for? Like, you know, developmental feedback, but even sharing out findings and the fact that we can plug it into different places using the link. I mean, imagine that. Um, and I, I really wish that we had more folks, especially even in grad school, kind of train us in these formats because I know when uh, I was in grad school I did this three-minute thesis competition and I consolidated our meta-analysis into these three minutes with one slide it was like what do I really want people to know and it was like a sit down break it apart and then find that you know that little gem right in the middle to share out so thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing all these uh, wonderful findings. Is there anything that either one of you would like to kind of add as our sign off? Um, I would just add that to your point earlier around like making sure that we're working with communities, like uh, also Liz, like please feel free if you like disagree with this, but we were actively trying to make sure that as we were going through the writing process that folks were uh, included. So at two separate points, when we created the, the first draft and then the final draft, we emailed them out to all of the participants. So the folks in New Mexico, the folks in Indiana, and we said like, is there anything in here that like you disagree with any edits you have? Like we want to hear from you because like if we're not capturing what you're saying and if it's not, getting what it needs to get or if, if we miss something like please let us know and as folks gave us feedback we incorporated it in the draft and sent it back and like okay how about this does this sound better and was like yep this is good so that for me was you know we're very we very strongly believe in um community and community voice and the importance of that and if we are doing this work why are we doing it if not for community right so i think that was something that we really tried to do and so hopefully the instagram reels like that translated but um but yeah 
Yeah, no, that was actually something when I was reflecting earlier today on, you know, like, okay, what, you know, how was that? But the fact that it was a process, I think so much um, of the time research, it, it seems like it kind of ends with, you know, the writing, right? Like we wrote it up in there and it's done and it doesn't necessarily live on beyond that. It was very clear working with y'all that you were envisioning this as a much longer term, um, much more dynamic process. Like it wasn't just like, oh, we wrote it down. Now it's in black and white and, and we move on. Right. Um, and, and y'all were not just um, not just inclusive, but like passively inclusive, you were actively like if I didn't respond and go like, yes, I think this is awesome. I would get an email from Ashley that was like, so just checking. Are we are we good? You know, like it wasn't just assumed that, you know, Elizabeth didn't say anything negative. Therefore, she was all on board with it. Um, and I really did appreciate that. It really felt the, the the care of the educator voice of the people that were actually kind of experiencing this on the ground with their students and their communities was really um, not just, you know, asked for, but like actively sought out. It was really huge. Um, so just from the educator side, Ashley, y'all took, took great care of what I felt like us and our voices had to offer. That's wonderful. Um, I That's incredible to have something, not just a huge project that brings and bridges that research and education gap, but also thinking of ways that we include the educator voice and are able to share out research findings in digestible formats. Um, thank you so much uh, again for this time. And I'm really, really curious about this Insta Reels format now that I'm like, oh, I've never really tried it. I know in this series, we've, you know, we cover blog posts and webinars and podcasts and a little bit on professional development. And um, this is a format I just never ventured to, which I, I just might start now. So thank you so much for introducing now me. We know what now we know what Kripa's doing this afternoon. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. Thanks for listening. You can find more about the TLRC as well as finding more resources and episodes from this series at edresearch4tl.org.